0: and welcome to the sex ed podcast this is Kaylee and this is Jen this week we're bringing back a guest from the first season of our podcast our good friend Tito who is going to talk to us about how she got into kink so let's get started we hope you enjoy Thanks for joining us today. Uh, So you were on an episode in season one. Can you remind our listeners what your pronouns and sexuality are?
1: Yeah, my pronouns are mainly she, her slash they, them. My sexuality is super awesome. Queer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) queer. It is super awesome. Super queer.
1: Super awesome. Super queer. queer. Well, let me rephrase. Super queer meaning no heterosexual males for me Mm -hmm. yuck (laughs) (laughs) love it they're
2: fine whatever
1: they're they're fine i'll pass i'll leave that with (laughs) y'all thanks like i
2: said (laughs) yuck kaylee can have them
1: more for you hey now
0: so tito we talked to you last season about you know, being super queer, as you said, uh, coming out to your mom, and that whole experience—it is an amazing episode. If you haven't heard it, you should go back. It is episode four of season one. But this season, right now, here and right now, we are going to be talking about one of Tito's favorite things. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong.
0: Which is kink, because we're talking about all kinds of kink this month. <laughs> So specifically, I guess let's start from the beginning. Maybe could you give us like a quick Mm -hmm. overview of your sex ed experience and then lead us into how you started learning about kink and getting into kink.
1: My sex education was abstinent-based sex education. I, you know, just as a refresh, I went to a Catholic private school for, since I was two years old, all the way up to like 13, 14 or so. So they, you know, taught no sex unless you're making babies. And that mm-hmm. also includes no sex with self, don't touch yourself, you're going to get itchy, hairy palms, you're going to get a hell, all that type of thing. So um, very much the opposite of what I grew into. <laughs> I grew into like, <laughs> let's try all the things. <laughs> Are your palms hairy and itchy? I shave every day, so you know, whatever. <laughs> 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 no, actually, I'm Asian, so, you know, not, not lots of
0: growth So you shave part. once a <laughs> year. Okay, I yeah, get it. Uh, it
1: huh? Palms and all. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I just
2: stopped shaving. That's, you know, that's yeah. liberating.
1: so how did I get into kink? There's a long period of time where I discovered kink. I went from I mean, if you really think about it, I went from abstinent based sex education to coming out queer. So or coming out um, gay. So that's a mm-hmm. whole new it's like starting over sex ed all <laughs> over again. Like, oh, how did these two same parts get? together and do things that make us feel good
2: <laughs> you just you just smash them repeatedly until you know. Appa-
1: apparently scissoring but you know let's okay but let's be real that's not really how we get on <laughs> but so it's, it was almost like having sex education three times in my life it was from mm-hmm. absent base to now queer sex to now oh what's this it's what's this whole kink thing all about i was in an advanced human sexuality class and for extra credit, we we're going to go to a leather bondage meeting with my professor. And so like five of us went and we went to this meeting. There was a hu- like in this big hall and there's chairs and people are de- doing their talks wearing leather. This is great. And then I look over to the right-hand side and there's this awning with like a swing, like a human swing thing. And I was like, okay, well, this is a leather class. It's probably just some prop.
2: Like a sex swing? Not like it's, a human swing, right? Just n- so n-
1: Ill. Clear. Not even a sex swing. It's It, it, it was it was like a hammock big enough to fit your ass in it. And like Uh, four cuffs on each corner just hanging. Okay. I'm like, Oh, that sounds like a sex
0: swing, right? Yeah. With, with
2: cuffs.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was like, all right, that's cool. And you know, this little gay boy comes in and he starts like getting placed in this sex swing. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. And then I (laughs) dissected what I was looking at even further, and there were, there was a video camera pointed to his his butthole. That you know, his ankles are spread out, and the camera was like right on his butthole. And I was like, oh my god, what's what's happening right now? (laughs) And and then (laughs) so it still doesn't occur to you. (laughs) No, I look away from the video camera and I look at the screen in front of me, and it's his, it's his butthole. And I was just nice. like, what? I, I don't know what's happening. I'm a newly out gay kid, probably a sophomore in college, my second year in college. I have no idea what kink is. I barely just like had my second girlfriend. And I'm like, okay, what's happening? So I'm staring at this guy's butthole on a TV. And <laughs> this older man comes in with an English accent. And he walks over. And I forgot what he said, but he's giving some sort of introduction and then I look over at the table next to him and there's a jug of Crisco. Oh. Whoa, wow. Whoa. Are they
0: making donuts?
1: I was, <laughs> they're making something. And I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> what is happening? And then he starts like, you know, moving up. And then, so he starts fingering the guy in the butt. And I was like, okay, so this is like gay man sex and we're just watching it. Okay, kind of <laughs> weird, but like... Cool, like this is my extra <laughs> credit. And sex and we're yeah. just watching it. Yeah, and I'm just like, all right. <laughs> well, because it's advanced human sexuality, and I'm like, okay, like yeah, this is it's what's happening. It's advanced. Is advanced. <laughs> Not even done yet, though. So he starts like fingering him, and then he more goes in there. And before I know it, like his whole fist is in there. He's fisting the guy's like butthole, and I was like, oh my god! And, and okay, this is happening. <laughs> and before I knew it, I hear, I've done it. I've reached the second sphincter. And I was like, what does this mean? (laughs) And I was like, what does that mean? Apparently men have two sphincters. No, everyone, we have have two sphincters. I didn't know that. I don't even know where the second sphincter is, but I will tell you it's as far as the man's forearm, because now he has, he's fore his forearm is deep into the man's butthole. And there's Crisco ring around his forearm. And this is a big dude. This is like, he is tall. He was like, six three six four and his forearms were like muscle it was just in there and i was like oh my god i just watched a fisting a deep fisting (laughs) so that was my first introduction to kink and i didn't know what kink was i just thought this is how gay men have sex and i am so glad that that's not me because i'm not into it and then i gave that a break (laughs) for a long time yeah you buried
2: that memory down down deep and then, almost as deep as that guy's arm Almost honestly.
1: <laughs> but how I got into it was I just started <laughs> dating someone in my 30s actually. So I got into kink really late. She was re- she was a lot younger, really into aggressive sex, but like being the recipient of just like a lot of impact. and it was it was hard for me at first because I didn't know what I was capable of and what she could take, which led me into quickly learning, checking in and boundaries. I just, Mm. I didn't want to hurt her when she would ask me to do things harder and harder. And it was beyond what I was ever comfortable with doing with anyone else in my past. Mm. But that quickly, you know, you know, taught me to check in. Is this okay? Are you sure? You know, and she'd be up harder. So great. But, you know, that turned into much more in the time that we dated, which introduced me into a whole bunch of cool stuff.
0: Like what made you kind of back off and be a little nervous about it was that just kind of a feeling you had or was that something you had learned about
1: back off and just being nervous in participating in that yeah it was just something in my gut because you know when you learn catholicism and all that good stuff you don't hurt others even if they ask you to you know (laughs) so i'm just it so it went against kind of everything that i've learned growing Mm -hmm. up it was a complete 180 of everything i was learning you know one, we're obviously not having sex to have babies. Two, I'm supposed to be kind and gentle, but I'm pretty much beating the shit out of you because you're asking me to. And mm-hmm. so it was it was literally pushing me to my red zone, um, or what I thought was my red mm-hmm. zone. But once I started to learn more about myself, my capabilities, and what someone else is able to tell me, you know, what their hard lines are, it made it a lot easier once you kind of start to navigate discretion and and, and just checking in.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Did you? So, you were mostly learning this, then it sounds like, like in the act or like in the moment. Did you have any resources or like how were you figuring out how to (laughs) negotiate these things?
1: So, that's how it started is kind of learning trial by fire and getting thrown into it. But I also discovered in a kind of self-discovery type of thing that I actually really enjoyed this role of being dominant. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make sure that I did it right because I cared about the people I was sleeping with and the people I was dating. So I started going to workshops and luckily for me, you know, I, uh, at that time, uh, I lived in the Bay area, San Francisco, matter of fact. And so a lot of the workshops and, you know, talks and books and all that was completely accessible to me. So I started going with this person in particular to porn shoots at the armory oh fun
2: oh my god are you in like the background of some porn i've watched before probably likely
1: (laughs) likely yeah i I mentioned that not because like oh we were watching porn shoots but the armory was the reason i started to get exposure to workshops and then Mm, i just went in like face first head deep into (laughs) it nice (laughs) for lack of better terms
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so did did the armory have workshops or like mm-hmm. that's when you learned that they were a thing?
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so I would actually go to them quite a bit weekly mm-hmm. almost. And it was under a whole bunch of different topics. Like one was impact play. Others were rope bondage. They had other things called puppy play, which I wasn't really into. I looked it up, read about it. Not my thing. Yeah, pet
2: mm-hmm. play for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, impact and bondage was really kind of what sparked my interest and it still does. Mm. So that's how that worked out.
0: (laughs) So that was just like you went and this is just like something that piqued your interest. So you you went a little bit more into it.
1: That's right. Yeah. And I got introduced because I was just dating someone that was already in it and she introduced me to it, which then I just started digging deeper from there because of her exposure.
0: Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more about the particular types of kinks you're into, maybe for the people who don't know about them?
1: Yeah. So I'm very much into impact play. It, it sounds like what it is. Basically, it's getting floggers, whips, hands, paddles, and just, you know, creating impact on the other person's skin and body. You obviously start off slow. You don't go and just beat the shit out of someone right <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> but you go, you know, what I like about it is you start really slow and you you start to learn their limits, but you also help them learn their limits too. Mm-hmm. You start to build and build on top of that. And, you know, the harder you get, probably more aroused if it works for them that they get. Oh, and edging. I'm all over the place right now because it's been a while since I visited this kink space. But yeah, impact play, love it. And then rope bondage, obviously, that's also also self-explanatory. You know, it's it's beautiful knots and patterns that you tie on a human being, uh, you know, to get them to be incapacitated, not be able to move. But there's a lot of sensuality I think around that, which I really love. You know, you can Mm -hmm. start tying someone's arm behind their back and quickly like whisper in their ear or just breathe in their ear, graze their neck and just start to play with the senses while you have complete control. Mm -hmm. Really love that. And then edging is also one of my all-time favorite things. Basically just being a cock tease. You push them to the point (laughs) of almost coming and then you're like, nope. You're not going to do that till I uh, until kidding. I'm ready for you to to come. You sound mean.
0: <laughs> I am. Yeah,
1: I am.
2: We've got a sadist on our hands.
1: I can be.
0: <laughs> I'm a little bratty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I've been told.
0: <laughs> so Tito and I used to go to bondage classes, and it would be. It was like in this loft in Oakland, it was where a
1: beautiful loft. Yeah,
0: it was very cool, but it was like all straight couples where the guy was tying up the girl it was like all that and then it would be me and tito and then like the the instructors were lesbians and like it was just intimidating like having all these people around and being like the different ones
1: (laughs) i don't know i was just like Mm. welcome to my life (laughs) Yeah. I was always curious though of, of how what you thought of it cuz I always loved going to workshops. I went with different people. Yeah. But I was always curious about someone being new to rope bondage and, and going to one of those workshops, what it was I like. I loved it. I thought
0: it was so cool, <laughs> so interesting. I also maybe this is my bratty sub in me, but I just I loved just laying there and like having other people do things to me. <laughs> <laughs> and tito's so like in control like she could like and i'm like like full disclosure i'm like a full foot taller than tito i think like that's (laughs) right yeah and we'd be like we'd be sitting on the ground and you would just like lay me down so gently and so in control of everything it was great i felt very safe i felt like very like mm -hmm. i'm so i'm so spoiled (laughs) That makes me feel really good. Okay, that's good that <laughs> you felt safe. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, I miss those days. It was informative and like I think watching the instructors together because uh, one of them would always do the tying and the mm-hmm. other one with the really long hair would always be tied up and they they just had so much chemistry.
1: They've been doing it together for a really long time. Yeah,
0: you could tell. It was really fascinating to watch. Like, I think that was always one of my favorite parts was just like watching them work together.
1: Yeah, they set a really good vibe. Yeah, they really did. Can you have you ever suspended people? Like done rope suspension? That was my next one. Um, I wanted to be really responsible. So I wanted to make sure mm. I had really good foundation before yes. suspension. Um, that's but very that very important. That was my next goal because I find that that's another art in itself. It for sure is.
2: I was going to say, I've done like a double suspension being suspended with someone else. So maybe that is. Really? You have? I have, yes. What did it feel like? So, like, you, you get tied with, like, in, in a chest harness and a hip harness or, like, however you're, you're going to be tied on the ground, obviously. And then you, like, lay in the position or stand or sit in the position you're going to go up in, right? At least this is how we did it. And then you get, like, three guys to, like, or three, <laughs> three strong people, they don't have to be guys, to, like, hoist you up. And then everything, all the rope shifts, right? So you have to, like, make adjustments while you're suspended because it like squeezes your ankles or your rib cage or whatever it is and so the very first thought is ow
1: (laughs) (laughs) but that's part of
2: it yeah and then you're in like you're in that adjusting stuff for maybe 10 minutes or so and then it's really fun so usually so we were suspended from um like a carabiner that spun around. So you would just like spin us around in a circle
0: Ooh.
1: and spin the
2: other way. Yeah, it was really fun. It was really fun. That does
1: sound fun. All right, like, what I already love about it is just like looking at the human being and how you tied them and then thinking about how to distribute the weight so they're mm. not in pain but making it really beautiful. Like mm. that thought is the first thing in my head. Like, yeah, You're total to
0: nerd. <laughs> I You're am. total nerd about this. I am <laughs> That's great. No,
2: that's really that's really responsible and like really something that I would look for in a rope top, right? Someone who thinks like that. So Well
1: yeah. I, I don't want someone to just hang by one ankle and have it be in pain and just like suffer through it, you know? But I then, mean but, of course, yeah. yeah. Some <laughs> oh. people are into that. Yeah, you for know? me it's more like I wanna I there's for me personally I I really just, I want to care about what I'm doing with the other Mm. person. So feeling a level of discomfort for the kink purpose, but also comfortable in just the whole, the macro of it all is really important because there's, Mm -hmm. it's just so beautiful when they do it, right? Like you could just feel it it and you can see it. It's just something so beautiful. And the connection between the two people like participating in it, it's, you can tell Mm -hmm. they're in their own bubble, until yeah. you hoist them up, and then the the top steps back and looks at their work, and you're just like, okay, now they can. They're inviting everyone in to see this with them, you know. Yeah. Anyways, I got really it's
2: like here. it's like I don't know some sort of improvisational art, right? Like it only lasts for that moment, and then mm-hmm. you take it all down, and it never exists again. Yeah, in the same way, at least.
1: And all those endorphins and dopamine kicks mm-hmm. in, and when you release, it's like <sighs> collapse. it could be a form of therapy even holding everything in until you're completely released of tension and it's happened people have cried after getting you know suspended or tied up and released
2: that is what we call subspace there's also like (laughs) dom space and top space right there's like from what i've read and researched i don't have like actual figures on this they've found that it's like an actual sort of like meditative state subspace and top space, right? Where you can, like you said, the subspace like release and let go and top space is like ultra focused and people and tend to feel like uh, very confident when they're in top space.
1: I so. super love being a rope top and and also mm-hmm. um, an impact top for that reason. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or give some sort of brag. Do it, it. brag. No, no. I just (laughs) think like, you know, how I carry myself in like everyday life. I try to be kind of a really gentle human being. Mm -hmm. But with that, a lot of times I don't feel like I have the confidence that I normally would in other spaces. Mm -hmm. And so the balance for me, especially with rope bondage and kink space is being able to be that dominant, confident person. Mm -hmm. And it just fills such a great gap for me personally that I Mm -hmm. miss every, you know, every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just, I think I'm a people pleaser during the day and I'm a different type of people pleaser
0: it's different I mean (laughs) when I would go to classes with you I would always like beforehand I would be like I just I get I have so much anxiety I get super wound up and I get really anxious about things but I'd force myself to go even if I was feeling nervous about it and I would always come home afterwards and Jonathan would be like how's your time and I'd be like it was great. <laughs> Aww. I always felt Aww. so good. It was like going to yoga. That's what it felt like to me. Like yeah. I'd come home and it like felt relieved. like doing an hour of meditation.
1: Oh, yeah. that's good to hear. I miss it. Yeah. I was going to say like during COVID, I feel like I've lost so much of that, you know, yeah. and even trying to bring it in. It, it's, it's hard because even trying to bring it into my personal life now, because mm-hmm. I've been so out of practice, I don't feel that it's the right thing. Thing to do to bring it into my personal life because I'm not as well-versed or well-practiced as I was. And I don't want to just go in and say, okay, I want to tie you together and just have it be shitty.
2: Right. But you got to start from somewhere, right?
1: But that's the thing. It's more me. Like she encourages it. And I feel mm-hmm. like I want her to have the best experience possible and me fumbling around and looking things online and at a book while I'm doing this. Like it's not exactly the best experience. She... She's doesn't care she's like just do it You know but for me it's like ah, oh, but yeah. I want Like the best thing for you I want you to have this great experience <laughs> and You know I want to go to a workshop And come home it's and be I'll like be. I don't know like, don't It would only be promise. like that the first yeah.
0: time Though you know you just gotta get Gotta just kick the rust off I
1: know. I think she'll still enjoy it
2: for sure. And it'll be like, it was
0: like something you
2: learn together, right? Like that's,
1: that's she's super awesome and and super encouraging. It's more me Mm -hmm. getting in the way because I know like when Kaylee and I were like that period of time, um, this Mm -hmm. was before me dating the person I'm dating now, but you know, Mm -hmm. that was when I was really just, I felt like a well-oiled machine because I would go every week and I would like, I was really in it. And so it felt really good to go to workshop and like feel Mm -hmm. confident I want to be back in that space and have my my partner feel that type of of tito uh, versus like let me let me look at my notes. Uh, Hold on, let me look at my. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. But like,
0: also, it's like your partner—they'll understand, right? No, she totally would. It's more me. Mm
1: -hmm. Like she's always encouraging, and I'm just like, I don't know. Mm -hmm.
0: So. Tito, I mean, it sounds like you got introduced to this stuff through classes. Like, mm -hmm. then, so if someone's interested in like getting introduced to kink, obviously it sounds like classes is a great method. So is, was your method of approach just, you know, take whatever is available, like whatever classes there are and see what sticks? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Are you talking about just like kink in general or just ropes or what are you talking about? Yeah. Any
0: of it. Cause yeah, you're into multiple kinds of kink. Yeah.
1: I am, and it it is throwing like spaghetti on a wall and see what sticks. But I think that it's important because you also learn what you don't like, and you can emphatically say, "I am not into this thing." Some things you innately already know, like I'm I'm not into like piss play or whatever, and I'm not pooping on Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not pooping on anyone's kink. (laughs) But um,
2: (laughs) or anyone for that matter, because that's That's,
1: my thing. That's right. (laughs) But you know, some things you just know aren't for you. And some things that Mm -hmm. are gray area, you know, I'm like, okay, well, let me see what that's like. And there are things that I actually still want to try that I haven't tried yet that I'm curious about. In my mind, they interest me in practice. I don't know.
0: Do you want to know how I know that I'm into bondage? Is that like one of my first sexual fantasies that I remember was from like watching Star Wars, like one of the old ones Mm -hmm. uh, where it's like Jabba the Hutt has that like... (laughs) The blue alien yes, head lady. Leia. And yeah, she's no, not even Leia. The 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 alien with the like head tentacles. Oh, with the two um, like head tentacles. Yeah, yeah, but she's also in like a, a sexy outfit and he's just like over it. He's like mm-hmm. over her and he just like sends her down. He just like kicks her down to the little like um monster pit and she gets eaten alive. But like for some reason that really turned me on like as a child. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that she was getting eaten alive. Wait, which part? That she got eaten alive, or that he just like dismissed her? Oh, all of it. Her, her, and her in chains, and then
0: him just like dismissing her and being like, "Bye, bitch." Like I just was so so turned on by that. <laughs> And same, I would also have fantasies. I was really into Phantom of the Opera. And I would always have fantasies about being taken Ooh. by someone down into the depths and being tied up and taking taken advantage of.
2: Nice. <laughs> of course. Of course you did. I actually have a similar, like, weird childhood fantasy situation that Kaylee had. I used to, I had this, like, pirate set that was, like, so cool. It shot, like, actual like plastic cannonballs from the, from the pirate ship. And there are these like little pirate figurines. Anyway, Sounds so cool. all of them were men, of course <laughs> it was fucking cool. I promise. And it like, it was on wheels that kind of like went up and down. So when you pulled it along, it looked like the ship was like on waves. on the way. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> trust, trust. It was cool. But I used to make the pirates like tie up my Barbies and like throw them into the ship, even though they were totally, <laughs> totally the wrong scale, totally 100% the wrong scale. The pirates were like four inches tall and Barbies are like, a foot tall or something.
0: That sounds like the right scale. It worked for me and Kaylee. <laughs> that
2: was good.
1: <laughs> Did it not? Yeah. From Kaylee's mouth, it worked. <laughs> That's true.
2: <laughs> the Barbies would be like tied up with kitchen twine. a girl. <laughs> Just like thrown into the pirate ship. So I, I feel you. I feel you.
0: That's amazing. We should find out, like, is that indicative of something when you're, when you're like that age, when you're like 10 and you're like having little fantasies about, you know, tie ty- you know, I, I feel like that was another one was like pirate ships. Mm-hmm. Actually. Now you got me thinking about it. Like, uh, in Peter Pan, yeah, when they tie up pirates. Wendy and they're about to send her off the edge. I was just like, <laughs> push her. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's about to be eaten by that crocodile. You have a thing about being eaten honestly yes i I do (laughs) (laughs) no like actually eaten though like literally cannibalized that's what we're talking maybe
0: Mm. maybe not what of it
2: (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) yeah no no no
0: i mean so it sounds like you have a lot of experience with you know being in classes and figuring out what works for you what doesn't work for you Mm -hmm. i know for me like sometimes I have a hard time speaking up if something isn't working for me, which is something I'm working on. Do you have any advice for like, you know, if, if you're trying out kink and you find something that isn't working for you, like how, how do you overcome that fear of disappointing someone else to just, you know, tell them that this isn't good for <sighs> me? I know it's a really intense question.
1: You know, I've learned along the way, this is, inside of kink and outside of kink that you have Mm -hmm. to advocate for yourself, especially being, you know, a person of color and, you know, a triple minority. I've learned the hard Mm -hmm. way. Just because one can suffer through something does not mean that they should. And if you cannot advocate for yourself, you're going to suffer in a way that's not pleasant. And it took a long time for me, too, to find my voice and not want to disappoint people in kink, in my professional life and in friendships. You never want to override yourself because you owe yourself far more than that. And that's the only thing that I think that, um, I can share is you always have to advocate for yourself and you owe that to yourself. You're worth your own advocation. So what, what's the line, tell them the truth, even if your voice shakes something like that. (laughs) I like that. I I think it's a Maya Angelou line, actually, you know, have to be truthful for yourself, even if your voice shakes, even when it's hard because at the end yeah. of the day, you're going to be the one that's hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, and in turn, that can also hurt the person. You know, if you're not speaking up and being honest about something that's not okay with you, that's kind of hurtful to the other person too, right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. It builds a really poor dynamic because now they think you're in this thing, and they're going mm-hmm. in that direction, and that's not really the direction you want to go to. That ruins the uh, you know the authentic communication and relation that you're supposed to have whether it's in kink or just any relationship you want to make sure mm -hmm. it's authentic. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. what is the point?
2: Yeah. Kink relationships are really built on that communication. Like there's a flow where you have to trust each other. And we should say that like tops can also communicate when things have gone too far for them. It's not always like endure things for your, for your top. Like, even though that is some (laughs) people's dynamic, right? Like safe words are for everyone. Mm -hmm. Communication and hard limits are for everyone. And like, you know, when you negotiate play with someone, I mean, you you do just that. Like, I feel like a lot, a lot, a lot of relationships that I've had outside of kink, there's like no negotiation or really talking about what you like. And like, Mm -hmm. there's this assumption that like, if the other person doesn't just know what you like or like that they're not good at sex or that they're not good at whatever else it is. But how could they possibly be good at it if you haven't told them what you're into? So it's weird.
1: To, but to your point though, I think that's one of the greatest things about mm-hmm. Kink is it mm-hmm. is built on consent and negotiation. And if you think about sex ed and the heteronormative kind of traditional sense of sex ed, they don't teach you consent negotiation. They teach you you have to please a man for procreation, and that's mm-hmm. it, regardless if you like it or not. Kink is this beautiful space where to the outsider, it seems really aggressive and almost borderline violent. But if you're in it and you break it down, we're able to get that far and push the limits because we have consent, because we have mm-hmm. negotiation and because we have the authentic relationship. Me being a top in mm-hmm. that space, there are lots of times that I am uncomfortable with certain things or going a certain you know, going so far. I've had to advocate for myself and to your point, Kaylee, disappoint that sub or bottom and just say, Hey, you know, like that I'm I that's not I'm not comfortable with that. And and they honor it. That builds on the foundation and then you can start to discover other things that might work or how to get to the point of where both people are happy executing and receiving Mm -hmm. the things that they need to do. I think kink honors human beings more so than traditional sex education does or ever Mm -hmm. has.
0: Yeah, because it gives gives everyone a voice, right?
1: You have to have a voice. It is. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely crucial to have a voice in kink. Otherwise, Mm. you just suffer. Right.
0: That is kind of an an interesting side of that is like you're used to hearing a sub speak up when they're uncomfortable. Like, I feel like you don't, at least from like maybe more of an outsider, like you don't think as much about a top being uncomfortable with something and having to speak up. That sounds like something that's really hard to do.
1: It is, especially if there's expectations like the top is this one that's controlling the situation or the scene. Yeah. It's actually quite the opposite, you know. The sub or the bottom is actually the one controlling the scene because when they say something is enough, it's enough. To your point, though, Mm -hmm. there are times when tops are not comfortable doing something and we have a say, Mm -hmm. but some people don't assume that that's the case. They think like you're the one executing this and you should be Mm -hmm. fine, but maybe I don't want to choke someone that hard. And it's not even this broad stroke. Maybe just that day. I don't have it in me to Mm -hmm. go, you know, so far and it's it's situation by situation basis and that's why the constant negotiation the constant consent and check-in is absolutely crucial
2: yeah i think something you said earlier too about how you like were having to come to terms with and deal with the fact that you've been taught all your life to be like a nice demure girl right and dealing with like the your ability to hurt another person because they were asking for it like that didn't you know mesh with you for a while and i, I think that yeah. that can be true like subs have to work through you know, feeling like what's wrong with me that I like to be hurt, but there are tops who have to work through like what's wrong with me that I like to hurt other people. And so you talked about aftercare also being important, like after a scene is finished, after you've played, you've gone through a lot of tough emotional stuff. Like aftercare is also for tops
1: too. (laughs) Thank you for saying that because (laughs) I think, and it's really sad, but I think a lot of people forget that. Mm. And so even in my own experience, like I've had to take care of myself afterwards because mm. it, it's an emotional drain sometimes. And sometimes yeah. it's it's an emotional like I can fuck you up a little bit like, oh, man, that was just like super intense. Yeah. And and, you know, are they OK? Am I OK? And a, there's not a lot of top care, at least in my experience. Right. But I've learned going back to advocating for myself to ask for it because sometimes it doesn't occur to people because they're in their own space post-scene, right? Right. And so they're not thinking about others. It's just like, okay, what do I need right now to be okay after this? So I've learned to just ask. And then I think the more I ask, the more people start to understand that it's a thing to ask.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. What does your, uh, just wondering what your typical aftercare routine is like Tito.
1: It's, there's not anything typical. I, it depends on the scene and the person. I think, like, yeah. again, it's situational. If it's a really intense scene, I'll probably need, like, some downtime and to be a little spoon. <laughs> if it was something oh. really fun, I just want to roll around and make out and, like, you know, go have a cold pizza pizza naked in the kitchen. Like, it it could be anything. <sighs> it, it, it depends. so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be anything. I think it depends like yeah. on the day, the person, the scene. Yeah, for sure.
0: I don't know. I I find communicating that specific level of needs to be really challenging because mm. like I don't know if it was maybe just which we can all relate to being raised as like in a female role of a super religious patriarchy. Mm. I've always been taught that I need to be catering to someone else and that my needs aren't that important. Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to ask for the things that you want, even if it is that it is just like, you know, going out naked to the kitchen and getting a cold pizza pizza.
1: I'm like, what if the other person doesn't want to do that? What do I do then?
0: (laughs) You go by yourself.
1: But also there's, again, they can negotiate. There's negotiation there. Maybe they don't want to have cold pizza naked, but they can come out with you. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That totally makes sense.
0: So how how did you find these classes that you took? I'm I'm trying to get as many resources for newbies as I can.
1: Mm. Yeah, I will say I did extensive research in rope specifically. That's something that I kind of found on my own. If people are interested in rope bondage, I highly suggest a site called uh, Vox Body V O X B O D Y, based out uh, of the Bay Area. They're great, and the the women that run Vox Body amazing, and their virtual workshops are actually super amazing as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of other kink, for me, I was lucky enough to live in San Francisco. Um, so I got a lot of resources, literally, from going to Folsom, from going to the armory. Mm. It's everywhere. Go to a gay bar. There's a flyer for some workshop there. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: there you go, everyone. Just move to the Bay Area, and then you'll have it all set. <laughs> if you but, live elsewhere I'm- in the country, you're fucked. <laughs> I have a couple resource resources, Yeah. I can mention. Um, the Duchy is a great online resource for rope tutorials. And then in terms of like East Coast events, there are some like summer camp events that Dark Odyssey does, and they it's like a week-long event where you can go to like as many classes as you want, as long as you pay to go to camp, obviously. <laughs> um, there It's like a festival type thing, there are classes every day. And then getting involved in like your local scene or community, you can find events on FetLife, which FetLife is not great for anything else except <laughs> events try not to use it as a dating site is my word of advice but you know if you if you want to go for it but um there are like local munches and local classes through fat life
1: if i can plug one more or two mm-hmm. twisted monkey is a good one for mm-hmm. rope bondage as well something really important if people are, uh, are really thinking about rope bondage in particular is pay attention to the materials that you're using too for example mm-hmm. you know i didn't know this until i started bondage but you know normal rope is nylon rope that you get from like you know, Home Depot, that's actually really bad for the skin and it doesn't last long. And the and the knots actually don't stay as tight, which is pretty dangerous. But just do some research on the materials that you're using too. Yeah. You know, you take care of your materials too, you know, you want to oil them and mm-hmm. it's just like a car. The the more you take care of it, the longer it'll serve you.
2: Oh. Yeah. There's more work that goes into it besides just tying people up. That's the fun part. Yeah. That is but the fun. But researching part. and caring for your materials is the other part. So good call out for sure
1: thank you for your your person oh
2: Alrighty. so I think that about sums everything up thanks for chatting with us about kink and bondage and subspace and top space <laughs> and everything we talked about Tito it was it was great
1: yes please come back with another topic that I get to have fun and hang out <laughs> with you about
2: oh we will we will I mean it's going to be a running thing now we'll have to have you back on season three. Oh my yeah. gosh
1: I love it
0: Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sex Ed Podcast, my friends. We appreciate it. If you liked it, please share it with your friends, rate us on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Sex Ed Podcast and subscribe to our newsletter, which you can find on our website at sexedpodcast.com or on Substack at Sex Ed Podcast
2: thank you all for listening as well this was a fun episode to do
0: (laughs) it really was finally as always thank you bundles to kent for mastering our sound he's available for hire peeps don't forget it i guess i am that's all goodbye for now
2: Tito, I know you're basically a gold star lesbian, but that's not how penises work. I don't know.
1: <laughs> and so they, 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 they bounce, don't they? When she smack it, don't they bounce? If you smack it, that shit's
0: coming back harder and shinier than before. Gross. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weevils wobble, but they don't fall down. <laughs> okay. <In that> situation.
0: <laughs> are you okay, this is sounding a little. Ab- <laughs> yes, I'm laughing at the weevils <laughs> wobble.
1: <laughs>